Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Amen. Bring your tithes to the storehouse. That's what the scripture says. In an automated world, we can just not think about what we're doing. It's like singing the songs and not thinking about the words. How many know that can happen? Being intentional. Deuteronomy chapter 28. We're going to declare this today. Would you stand? Let's make a declaration today. We're going to declare to the Lord right from the scripture. This is our God's House Sunday. The offering you pledged earlier this year in March when Brother Woodward was here. We give. This is our reminder and gift toward that. And aren't we thankful to be owners of 2 Beaumont Street? Praise God. And by the White Bridge, a beautiful place. Excited for the next phase of this church and what God is doing here. Would you uh, today declare this with pastor? Let's begin to read. I want you to say it with me. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. Clap your hands and thank God for that already. Hallelujah. Verse 8, the Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses, and in all that thou shalt settest thine hand unto. He shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish and holy people unto himself, as he hath sworn unto thee. If thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God, and walk in his ways, and all people of earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of thy body, in the fruit of thy cattle, in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. Verse 12, everybody say it with unction and faith. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give thee rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand, and shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. Thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken to the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. Everybody shout, that is me. Look at your neighbors, say, I am blessed. Would you clap your hands and thank God for the blessing upon your life? Come on, would you do that? We have declared his word over our families, his, de- his word over our finances, our health. Come on, thank him right now with a great hand clap of praise and a shout amen 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 may the lord bless you today as you give
Come on, could you clap your hands to the Lord if you feel that mighty presence of the Lord. Come on, clap your hands, but would you lift up your voice and give a shout of God. Shout unto God of victory. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name that's above every name. Glory fill this house this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. It feels good in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. It's so good to to be here and to feel what we feel. Why don't you give the praise team and the musicians and everybody a big hand for leading us before the throne of God. Amen. I, I'm so thankful to be here this morning. It is my honor and privilege to be uh, not only in the house of God, but in the presence of God with God's people. And what a magnificent church. Give yourself a big hand. What an amazing, an amazing amazing church and I know I know sometimes young people they're you know they're just young people and sometimes they get a bad rap and I have uh, over the past 10 to 12 years however long it's been I've lost count um, spent a lot of time with young people in churches and um, I spend pretty much I, I say eight days a week with young people we have a school and, and I'm with students all the time they sometimes get a bad rap and Sometimes I walk into uh, student services or chapels or whatever the case may be, Brother Bounds, and I realize I'm here and they may have all the things and it may look the part. And I say, could we just lift up our voice and begin to pray? And that's the thermometer to see where we're at. And I just want you to know that Friday night I walked in and I didn't even have to say nothing. These students begin to lift up their voice. And the almighty presence of God filled that room. And you need to give this youth group a big round of applause for how hungry they are, for how devoted they are, for just be proud of what you have here. I would say that, that it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not everywhere, I'll tell you that. The, the condition, the spiritual hunger, the spiritual desire and maturity of, of this youth group is, is quite impressive. And we're thankful to be able to see that. I commend uh, you all as a church and you students who are great and God is going to do great and mighty things through you. I give honor to Brother Cody and Sister Lauren and uh, what they're doing. We're thankful for great leadership and friendship. I love them. Thankful for them. And uh, thankful to have my wife with me um, and my boys. Usually it's just one or one or the other. I'll take one of the boys or take my wife and we'll leave the boys and put the grandparents to work, you know, but we're all here this weekend, and we're thankful to, to be here, and I love them and thankful for them, and I'm thankful, I'm thankful for a woman in my life. I'm thankful for what was preached just a moment ago, and that, that I have a, an amazing wife, an amazing family. Brother and Sister Bounds, um, you, you know what you've got. You're, 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 you're not ignorant concerning uh, how amazing your pastor and his family are. I told your youth group the other night, just uh, giving you honor there, that um, it was a very crucial time in my life that I found myself sitting in a golf cart with you, um, playing playing golf, and I began to ask you some questions, and you answered some things for me that day. It was a very pivotal moment in my life, and I give you great honor today, honey. Thank you. Thank you. Give your pastor a big round of applause today. Thankful to be 
thankful to be here where I feel at home. I feel at home because the presence of the Lord is here today, and I believe He's going to do great, great and mighty things. If you turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, and verse number 38, I'm going to be quick today. I know the lunch, the lunch bell's about to ring. I know what it's like to preach on a Sunday morning and stand between you and the hunger, uh, the hunger that begins to take over. Mark chapter 6, I'll be quick to dive in here. This is a familiar story. You've heard this before. There's, I'm going to be very, very straight to the point today. Um, the feeding of the 5,000 is the only miracle recorded in all four Gospels. And Jesus seeks to separate himself from the crowd, but they follow him and he has compassion on them. It says, like sheep without a shepherd. And verse number 38 says, And he says unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they said they have five loaves and two fish. And he commanded them to make all, everybody sit down in companies uh, upon the green grass. And he, they sat down in the ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he took up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and gave them to the disciples and set before them and the two and the two fishes divided them among uh, divided he among them all and they did all eat and were filled and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes and they did eat of the loaves that were about 5000 men and straightway he constrained himself has constrained his disciples to get into the ship and he to go to the other side before Bethsaida while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even he, when he had come, the ship was in the midst of the sea and, and, and he was alone on the land. And they, he saw them toiling and rowing for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them and walketh upon the sea. And he would have passed them by, but when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it to be a spirit and cried out, for they, they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up, up into the ship, and, when the, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. Verse 52 says, And they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. For their heart was hardened. I want to preach to you for just a few moments today on this simple topic to increase your faith. I believe there's victory in this house today. I believe there's a miracle in this house today. I believe God can do beyond what you have even walked in here expecting, perhaps even hoping for today. Would you lay your Bibles down? Would you lift your hands and would you begin to pray? God, I thank you for the opportunity to open up your word that's infallible, that's forever settled, that my life will be judged by. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to speak to your great people. Lord, and I pray that you would use this word today. Let it fall upon good ground. Let it take up root in a heart and a mind. Lord, that it would not just be revelatory, God, but it would be relevant to every person where they sit in the midst of their life. God, I pray that you would help us today. Move upon this body. Lord, we give you all praise and glory. It's not by our might or by our power, but by your spirit that we operate today. In Jesus' name we pray. Could you shout amen? Amen. amen. You can be seated today. Jesus feeds the 5,000 and he sends them home. 
he is teaching his disciples. He lets us know this is a, a desert place. This is a place where um, they, they've been here a while. They need, to, they need to either feed these people or send them home. They didn't have anything to eat. There's a, it appears Jesus, perhaps, maybe if you're looking at the full storyline, maybe he's not done teaching. He wants to feed them and go on teaching, right? And that, that's probably what you're thinking today. If you're going to preach very long, you're going to need to feed me before you start up in the second half, right? Uh, but there's always seems to be food involved. And so he's, it seems as if in this story he's going to feed them and he's go back to finish his sermon perhaps. But he feeds them and he sends them home. And it, it, Jesus, he turns to the disciples and he says, we, we, we need to feed these people. And I can imagine the disciples looking around. You know, there's no DoorDash. There's no McDonald's 40 piece. There's, no, there's not a whole lot of options here. He said, just go look around and see. See what, uh, what, what we've got to, 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 to pull from here. And so they find a lad's lunch. And they said, man, we, we need a lot. We need a hundred penny worth of bread to feed this true. He sits down, puts them in groups. He organizes some things. And he takes the lad's lunch. He breaks it. You know the story. He blesses it. And he begins to multiply there. And I can't imagine what it would be like to have picked up that basket of bread. And as you begin to walk and you begin to pass it out, it just never runs out. As you begin to just disperse among the crowd that never one time until you, you get to the end and there's some leftovers. And, and we see that he sits them down in groups and this amazing miracle that he ultimately did not have to perform. The disciples gave him the option of saying, hey, we can just send them home. It's not too far. We don't have to feed them. We, 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 we don't have to feed you today. We hadn't had you here that long, right? So we, he says, well, just send them home. We don't have to feed them. But Jesus said, no, let's let, let's. Let's, let's feed them. I feel like we've got some hungry people here. He could, he could have just sent them home and you could have just went home today based upon the Bible lesson that you've already heard because you've, you've already had some word today. But he says, I see some hunger here and I want to feed the people. He didn't have anything else to say. He didn't have a part two of the sermon. He simply wanted to bless them and let them see the goodness of God. They depart and they board a boat. They cross over to the other side of the sea and they begin to encounter a storm. And Jesus comes walking on the water and he walks on the water because he can. Just like he didn't have to feed them, but he did, right? I can imagine Jesus comes walking on the water. He could have just appeared. He could have come, you know, hovering in. There could have been all kind of options, but he comes walking on the water once again just to show them how good he is, huh? He comes and he says it's in the midst of a storm. I can imagine it was probably, he'd come in on them waves. It's probably like an elliptical, you know. He just kind of comes working himself in, you know. Here he says it pops up on the side. The water comes in behind him, you know. And the storm just stops. I, I can't imagine what it would have been like. And, you know, we've, we've heard it preached. You know, it's, it's good preaching points. But the storm is always that stepping stone for God to walk right into your situation. When things seem uncertain, it's in the greatest uncertainty that this Bible tells me that God is most at work. From cover to cover, if you feel like there's some trouble, just know that God's working. You say, I can't really see it. Well, I'm here to tell you that no matter what's going on in your life, he may be hanging on a cross, but he's going to be coming out of the grave tomorrow. It's greatest uncertainty. I don't know what the answer to the question is, and I don't know what it's going to look like tomorrow. I don't know what the doctor's report says, but I know my God. Is faithful, and he's good, and he's good all, all the time. Even when I don't realize it, even when I don't realize it, he steps in, he calms the storms, he says, don't be afraid. And Jesus makes the statement that I'd like to pull from today to preach for just a moment. 
Have you considered not the bread? Have you considered not what's over here on the side of the boat? I know the boat seems rocky. I know there's some things in your life that may not seem like they're supposed to. It's not really playing out like it was supposed to. But have you forgotten yesterday's miracle? Have you forgotten what the Lord did for you last week? Have you forgotten that time that God healed your body? Have you forgotten that time that God stepped in? And more than likely today, I could talk to you about your storm, but if you really looked back over your life, if you really begin to, 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 to go back through the calendar and go back through the days, there's probably enough of what God's done in your own life to build your faith enough to get you through the storm right now. In the midst of the storm, I've come to ask somebody today, have you forgotten already what God's done for you? Do you keep record? Do you keep record of what God's done for you? I know in our flesh, I know, I, I, I'm, I'm in the people business, I know how easy it is to keep record of everything anybody's ever done wrong to you. Some of you can file through the pages and talk about how sister so-and-so turned their back on you and said something about you, or they said something about you on Facebook, or they unfriended you, and that's logged somewhere back, and you may not ever forget that, but you may not be able to just reach back into last week when God kept you from that car swerving across in the other lane, huh? When God healed your mama of cancer, when God brought your marriage back together, when God touched your life, when God took you up out of the muck and the mire and set your feet on a solid ground, he says, could you not just reach back into less than 24 hours perhaps ago where I multiplied the bread and you're, you're worried about some little storm? You're worried about this. He said, just could you look over in the bow of the boat to where I've got something nestled over here just to remind you that you could still eat on yesterday's miracle. There's just still something to suffice you that when I look back over my life, I know you can keep record of all the wrong. I know there's some people that's done you wrong. I know it's not all that you thought it was going to be. It might be a rocky boat right now, but when I look back over my life and I think of things that he's done for me, the times where he brought me out where I didn't deserve to come out, the times where he's healed people's body, he's touched my soul, he's changed my situation. He brought me out of darkness into this marvelous light. Oh, those are the songs that will stir it up because it reminds us that there's bread in the boat. How many times has he touched your family? How many times has he provided for you? Don't forget about yesterday's miracle. Mark 8. Some people get this confused because they feel like we just, it's literally like deja vu. Verse number one says, in those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples and said unto them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days. There's a little different narrative here. And they have nothing to eat. And if I send them away fasting to their houses, they'll faint by the way. We're a long ways. They've been with me three days. For divers of them came from afar. And he, he says to his disciples, answered him, from whence can a man satisfy these men? With bread here in the wilderness. It's amazing. These people are with Jesus. And how quick they forget what God's done. How quick they, he asked them, he says, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven. 
and he commanded the, the people to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves, and he, he does it again. He gives thanks. He break it, gave it to his disciples, and sat down before them, and they did sit before the people, and they had a, a few small fish, and he blessed and commanded them to sit down also before thee, and, they, they, and so they did eat, and they were filled, and they took up the broken meat that was left seven baskets. Almost the same narrative, almost the same story. Jesus has a reason here, however, unlike the first account, that these people following him, they needed to eat. Jesus makes that clear, Brother Cody. He says, these people, they've been with me three days. If I send them home, they've got too long of a journey. They'll famish. We've got to find a way to feed these people. So there was a need here. It was not just out of the goodness and out of the, the just seeing. There was 4,000 people, and we have more loaves. We have more loaves and less people. There's some things to look at here. And we have less left over. Okay, seven baskets. We, we see here, this is interesting, more bread, less people, but less left over. Which tells me something, they were hungrier. Huh? You had a hungrier people. You had a, a smaller number, but you had a greater hunger. They had been following Jesus for a while, and that's the way it ought to be. When you've been with him a long time, you have a greater hunger for him. You have a greater desire for him. There's some things in your heart. When I've spent more time with him, I'm going to sit down with him, and there's this hunger that we can, I, think, I think we can learn from. But this teaches us that it's not about the amount of people or the size of the church that determines a move of God or the miracles of God. It's just how hungry are you? You've come into this place today and absolutely anything can happen. That's what my Bible tells me. But I've come to ask you, did you come just to check off the attendance list or did you come to get something that you've never got before? Did you come with a fresh fire because you want God to... I believe God, I truly believe God can do anything in this house this morning. Miracles and signs and wonders and restoration and revival are here, right here waiting on you if you're just hungry. Simple hunger. I've seen it over and over and over again. I could tell you story after story. I grew up, my grandfather was the kind that he walked, he walked through the hallways of the hospital. And I'd say, Pop, what, what, are, what are we doing today? Who are we praying for today? He said, what are you talking about? Did nobody call and say they needed prayer in the church? He said, I felt the leading of the Lord to come up here because the hospital's full of people that need a touch. And I, I, there's, there's nothing more interesting to me than to watch him knock on a door. Third grade education. Couldn't read. Only way he preached is my grandmother read to him. But he had faith. He had a hunger to see God do things that I've never seen happen. But a man would walk into a room and a, I've seen bones sticking out of an arm and a surgeon standing there saying, we're going to take you down in about an hour. And my grandfather don't know this man from Adam. He says, hey, do you mind if I pray with you? And he pulls that keychain out and unleashes that oil and begins to rub it on that man's arm. And that bone goes back in that arm. Huh? I've seen it time and time and time and time again. 
where if somebody just desires to see the God who created you and I, the God who created heaven and earth, the God who comes walking on the sea, the God who can multiply five loaves and two fishes. It doesn't matter if it's just a matter of a lunch problem or if it's something today where you walked in here and you've only got 30 days to live. I've got a God this morning that can move into your situation and change it for his glory. I've seen it time and time and time again just hungry to see God move, just desiring a move of God because God's here for the hungry. He that hungers and thirsts, they shall be filled. We've got a good church. we got a good church. we got the pews filled. We've got the Sunday school classes filled. We've got the baptismal the waters have been troubled. we got things happening. Good church happens every Sunday when there's hungry people. That's the bottom line. People come into the house with expectation, desiring to leave with something, desiring to leave a different way than they came in. I've come to tell you that all across our world today, we're seeing God move in and, 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 and small missions work, missions feel based upon simply one thing, and that's hunger. God is not here just about a number, but he's here for the hungry and the thirsty. And I, I, I've come to just remind you that God, he wants to touch you today. He's for you. He's for you and he wants you to experience the greatness and the goodness of God. But we can't forget about the bread and the boat. Because look at what happens. I mean, it's literally, you, you feel like you're reading the same story. He gets a little, little more stern with them. Verse number 9, let's read along. He says, and they that had eaten were about 4,000. He sent them away and straightway he entered into a ship with his disciples and came into the parts of uh, however you say that, Dalmanutha. And the Pharisees came forth and began to question with him, seeking of a sign from heaven, tempting him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, why does this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, there shall no sign be given unto this generation. And he left them and entered in the ship again and departed on the other side. And now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Neither had they in the ship them more than one loaf. Everybody say one loaf. And he charged them saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And the leaven of Herod, and they reasoned among themselves, saying, Is it because we have no bread? Huh? What a question to ask. Is it is it because we don't have any bread that we should be fearful of what the world's gonna bring and tempt us with? Because we don't have no word of God in us, we'll believe a lie, right? Huh? He said, If you if you if you don't have if you don't have any bread, and immediately they, they answered their own question. And Jesus said unto them, Why reason ye because you have no bread? Perceive ye not yet, neither understand? Have, has your heart yet hardened? Having eyes yet you see not? Having ears hear ye not? And do ye not remember when I... Because you better know Jesus is keeping record of it. God's keeping He said, do you not remember the 5,000? How many baskets full and fragments we took up? Do you not remember the storm? Do you not remember this lesson? Do you not remember what I did for you years ago? And when the, seven, uh, when, the, when the seven among the 4,000, how many baskets full of fragments did we take them? And they said seven because God's keeping record. And he says to them, what in the world is it that you don't understand? 
What is it that you don't comprehend? And he says, you've simply forgotten the bread. You didn't, all that I did, he said, I, I gave you these leftovers both times. And you didn't even put but one loaf in your boat. So I'm going to challenge you a little bit today. And, and I see people living their lives like this all the time. God's done all that he's done for you. He died for you so that you could repent of your sins. He was buried so you could be buried in baptism for the remission of your sins. And then he came up out of that grave to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. If he didn't do nothing else, that was enough. And somehow, some way, we see people that walk into the house of God claiming to be full of the Holy Ghost with one loaf. This is what we, 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 we call nowadays, and it's, it's coined a term called a victim mentality. You just carry around just what you need. huh? You've just picked up one loaf. You come into the house of God and you get just what you need. Well, here's the thing, Dad. You need to get enough for your whole family. Here's the situation, young people. You need to get enough to be able to walk into a college classroom. And not be, you don't have to beware of the leaven of the Sadducees or the Pharisees because you've got a whole basket full and you're not going to run out before you get to midweek Bible study and get you some more from pastor. Huh? I, I, I can't, I see people all the time, well, well yeah, I see Lord just doing mighty things for them, but all I got is just this one loaf. Poor old pitiful me. Huh? You've been in this thing for year after year after year. You've heard the same sermons. You've seen and experienced the same moves of God. You went to the same youth congress and you come back with just one loaf. He said, could you not look back over your life and, and, and give account of some things that you've, you've got enough in it? I, I can't help but, but, but hold you accountable today. The kind of word that you hear preached in this place today, but all you can, all you, all you got is one loaf. You can't explain the Godhead, you can't explain water baptism in Jesus' name. You can't explain. Because ultimately, if you're just walking around with one loaf, you, you're not fulfilling the commission, the great commission of God. If I'm going to share it with somebody, i got to have enough just. Huh? You mean to tell me you've been in church this long and you never want a soul? You mean to tell me you've been in church this long, you never taught a Bible study? You never invited anybody to church? No, I just got one loaf. You see, my problems, my problems are so big, I can't fulfill my purpose. Huh? My problems are so big, I, and my mentality is I just got to take care of me and mine and I. It's a one loaf mentality. It's what's plaguing our churches. I told the young people this weekend, I said, if God just wanted to fill you with the Holy Ghost and get you to heaven, he'd have raptured you the moment you started speaking in another tongue. But the reason you're still here is that somebody else could experience the bread. Here you go, man. Try, try a little bit of that. Lord's, sorry, God's been good to me. I know what it's like to be a PK. I know what it's like to, to walk in the shoes. I, I want to minister to you today because I know, I know what God can do through you. I know that God can minister to you. Can I, can I explain to somebody today that God is calling some of you not to just get out of your storm, but God's calling somebody to have enough bread in your basket to blow this church up. There ain't enough room in this house today. There's not. 
if you'd catch the vision to just say, hey, it's not about just getting through the storm. It's about taking account for what God's done. Then I could pick it up and share it with somebody. He said, what is it that you don't understand? You just got one loaf. God's done all he's done for you, and you just got one loaf. God's able to do exceedingly and abundantly and above, but have you forgotten that there's bread in the boat? I I wonder if there's somebody for just a moment here. I feel the presence of the Lord here. Would just lift your hands and praise God for what he's done in your life. As I look back over my life, I don't ever, Lord, want to be, God, entitled, unthankful, ungrateful that I walk in here and expect something, God, when all I got to do is look back over the things that you've done for me. Come on, could there be a, a, a voice that would rise up of some faithful saint of God that's been in this thing quite a while and say, God, I thank you. Lord, for what you've done for me. God, I thank you for healing my body. God, I thank you for saving my kids. Come on, just for about 60 seconds, could you just thank the Lord? Lord, I thank you, Lord, I thank you. I feel very strongly where the Lord just took us just then, and I want want to stay there for just a moment. I'll validate it to you through through the Scriptures. Moses comes down from the mountain in the book of Exodus, and he comes down what they called is the Feast of Shaviot. It's also known as 50 days after Passover. That's the day of Pentecost. And it says that he comes down in the Feast of Shaviot. They would wave two loaves of bread, just like Moses waved those two tablets of stone. And he would wave those two, those two, uh, those two pieces of bread and, and loaves of bread. And I, I hope that you could see the picture that's painted for you in the gospel, the type and, type and shadows. Because 50 days after the Passover, the Feast of Shaviot, or what we know as the day of Pentecost, God pours out his spirit the same day that he gave his law. That's why they said the letter killeth, but the spirit maketh alive. Because in Exodus, he said, go stand ye by the gate there. And every man that's on the Lord's side is on the Lord's side. But if you're not, they're going to kill you. And the Bible says at the end of that chapter that about 3,000 souls died that day by the sword. We turn the pages to the New Testament, the day of Pentecost, and about were added. Why? Because the letter killeth, but the spirit maketh alive. We understand... That there is types and shadows and understanding and revelation that makes us understand. So let me, let me explain this to you. Let me walk you through it. And I'm moving quick. I know lunch and I'm waving around bread. You're thinking, my God, it smells like Subway in here. Huh? And nothing like preaching to somebody at 12 o'clock and you got bread in your hand. I'm like, hey, throw some back here, brother, if you want me to keep listening, huh? He comes down from the mountain waving. It's the Feast of Shaviot. It's the day of the the bread. It's a a sign for us to understand. That see Acts chapter 2 and the day of Pentecost was fully come. And they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. And it appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. He put bread in their life. He put the presence of God in their life to where it wouldn't be in a boat. It should be in your heart. And you could pull from it at any moment. You could fulfill that law. You could walk in that day of Pentecost. was that feast of unleavened bread, that feast of Shaviot. But how does chapter 2 end? Look at it with me. I hope you see this. 
Acts 2 and 46, it said, they continually, continuing daily in one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily as such as should be saved. It starts with the waving of bread, and it ends with the breaking of bread. Hey, I, I don't know if you see what happens in Acts 3 and Acts 5 and Acts 10 and Acts 19, but it's just, this, it's just distribution of I want you to taste of what I tasted in Acts chapter 2. I want you to experience what I've experienced in Acts chapter 2, and the church is all about you experiencing what the Lord's done for me. I've just got to pass it out this morning. I don't know about you, but let's just do this. We'll explain to you what the church is today. Is there anybody in this place to stand to your feet and say, I've been diagnosed with cancer? Now, is there anybody in this place that would stand to their feet and say, I've been healed of cancer? We've got more passing out the bread than we do needing to eat the bread. I've come to build your faith this morning to let you know that God is a miracle-working God. And there ought to be somebody in this house that could stand up and say, Sister, I know you've got a doctor's report, but I've, I've got a cancer-free body that God is ministering through the body today. To so say, here, here, eat a little bit of this. It's all about the breaking of bread. Stand to your feet this morning. I'm done. It's all about the distribution of what God's done in my life. Anybody, anybody been healed in their body? Huh? Anybody's got that story? Anybody, are you a prodigal? Anybody wave your hand real high and say, I'm a prodigal that came home. Look around if your son or your daughter's not here. Huh? That's what the church is all about. You are surpassed. You are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses that are a testament to the glory of God. I've come to remind you, you are surrounded. We are a place that I, I've got bread in this house. That, that we've come into this place just to, just to pass a little bit out. Today is one of those things where I've got some leftovers and there's somebody that may need a miracle for God and there's an overflow from what God's done for me that as I begin to praise Him for what He's done, that somebody else might get a miracle. Somebody else might get deliverance. You say, well, I don't know if I've got any reason to praise him. His answer is, has your heart been hardened? What is it that you don't understand? I don't know if anybody in this place can relate, but there, there's some of you that are addicted today. There's some of you that need a financial blessing. There's some of you that simply your life would be the definition of a storm right now. And I've come just to encourage you that there's bread in the boat. You, I, I've come too far. I've seen too much to, to hear doubt, to hear unbelief. I, I've seen him do it. I've come way too far for you to tell me God can't do it. I've seen way too much for you to stand here in this place and, and, and tell me that God can't bring you out. God can't heal your body. And it is for everybody. Everybody. It's amazing to me when you look at the setting of these two miracles. 
5,000 is recorded in all four Gospels took place in Galilee and involved predominantly Jews. But the second miracle, 4,000, took place near Decapolis and involved mostly Gentiles. Because God wants to let you know it's not His will that any, any should perish. But it's also not his will that any would be exempt from his goodness. It's for everybody. It's for, the, it's for those that have walked in today. And I, I know you, the devil's whispered in your ear, you're not good enough. You're never going to measure up. You're not them. You're not that one. And he's got you all messed up in your mind. I'm here to just remind that mind that, that God can do it for you because he's done it for me. God can do it for you, ma'am, who's, uh, who's got cancer right now in the cells of your body, just like he did it for those other people in this room. Your marriage may be on the men's today. Trust me, there's somebody that's been through what you're going through. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken. But what, what, what's it say? Begging for I've never seen God leave somebody in a storm. There's some people choose to stay in a storm. But I've never seen God leave somebody in a storm. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. But I've never seen his seed, his people, begging for bread. Why? Because I can always look back and see there's bread in the boat. As you bow your head today, if you need a miracle, I wish you'd step out of your seat. The demonstration of the Holy Ghost is going to move in this place. God's going to restore somebody. God's going to heal somebody. Oh, I'd ask you today, if you've got if you've got anything going on in your life, if there's any form of uncertainty, if there's any questions in your mind, I've come to ask you today just to come to lift up, come lift up your hands. Maybe you fall on your face before God and you just give an account of just how good God's been to you. That's it. I see a few people stepping out of your seat. If you've got sickness in your body, I believe God can heal you before you leave this place this morning. Come on, God wants to do something beyond. Oh, if you come, just come hungry. You say, well, I don't know what to say. God, I want more of you. God, I want you to touch me. I feel him moving right now. There's people in this altar right now that are experiencing what? The goodness of God. Why? Just because they're hungry. They're willing to step out. Come on, will you leave today hungry or will you leave today full of something that you can take back and you can pass out and you can share the goodness of God with somebody else? Oh, I feel him moving. Oh, I feel him moving. Oh, if you feel led to, I wish you'd minister to somebody right now. Maybe there's somebody in this room you say, I don't have a whole lot going on. God's been good to me. Well, take your bread over and lay your hand on somebody's shoulder and begin to pray with them. And the unction of the Holy Ghost can use you to create an atmosphere of faith that God can move through right now in the name of Jesus. I pray healing virtue flow in this house today. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.